checking out the No Red Cards Podcast. My name is Roger Sosa. You got my man, Manny B. What's up, bro? Oh, I don't, I'm, I've stopped counting because we've been doing this for, I don't know, five, six, whatever it is. But, I mean, we're having so much fun with this, dude. All the comments, the feedback, it's, it's been so much fun. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, last episode, we took it across to the East Coast, Miami. We did. Uh, spoke to Javi. Uh, see how youth soccer is over there. And, you know, you learn interesting facts, you know, but once you analyze everything, you break it down. It's the same BS everywhere, bro. I mean, that's the first opinion we get from over there. Yeah. But I promise you, once we get our West Coast buddies out there in California, the same drama exists over there, man. You know, so it's just uh, week after week, you're on the pitch every week because you have kids, you have a granddaughter and you have your son playing select soccer. So you guys live on the pitch. You know, I, I only deal with it. One time a year, really, you know, but it, it's I'm a actually a little jealous because we talked to a coach in the East Coast in Miami and then you took a flight right after and you went down <laughs> to the Caribbean. Yeah, man. <laughs> you it, to get those beach vibes. It, it, nice. it's, it's, it's my post uh, uh, mini vacay after next gen, man. You know, it's just to let the stress out. It's a lot of uh, stuff that happens, you know, so I just got to go out there, relax. Water's very therapeutical for me, you know, so I love the water. So I, I don't want to live over there. I just like going for a little bit and leaving, you know, but, uh, yeah, get the sand in your toes and then head back. Yes, sir. No, it's been fun. The first, you know, four or five episodes, four, four, four episodes. Yeah. First four. four this five, is, right? this is number five. Welcome you know? to five. This is the Red Card Podcast. It's been a lot of fun, man. And I remember when we started this, we talked about it. For me, it was more understanding where the coaches came from right. and their philosophy, right. and what they wanted from the kids. You know, you think about it. It's like, eh, this club just wants to pick up kids so they can, you know, yeah, uh, you know, pay the owner or just so they can just have numbers, right? Right. It's not like that, man. Nope. These coaches have a passion for this, and it, it's just been a lot of fun. And and that's what I'm really excited about today's, you know, guest. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you know, as we promised everybody, it's not just going to be about coaches. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk to, uh, you know, different people that are in the game, that are in the industry, but have done both. You know, and today's guest, you know, uh. Full name. I'm, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce you as your full name, but also known as, you know, our guest, you know, that we have today is, uh, Guillermo Lopez Perez, also known as Coach G. And, uh, you know, thank you for, uh, joining us, man, you know, because it's, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, I want to get because what you do now. And we're going to get into all that, uh, that we go. And for the people out there who don't know Coach G is, you know who Coach G is. You have one of two opinions about Coach G that you don't know, you love it or you hate it. And it's those two that had me so intrigued on this style, right? Or this coach's technique and his ability to train these kids. And that's why, again, you know, I was really excited to have him on. Right. You know, so we'll, we'll go ahead and go. Former, former technical director for Forms Academy. Uh, you know, so you're also a former fitness coach of semi, you know, that of, of the semi pro team racing Dallas. You know, and uh, you've also coached futsal internationally, you know, but let's go ahead and start uh, with the venture of uh, Forms Academy. Uh, your stint there, how long were you there and what was your role? And uh, we always ask the hard questions, man, because there's no Red Cars podcast. So it's like, why you left? People speculate in North Texas. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, no, not really. But I'll actually, maybe a little bit, a little bit. So that's what this whole podcast is about. You know, it, it, you know we're going to instigate a little bit. We're going to talk. I mean, hey, man, I know Ron and Ron and I have had our little, you know, back and forth, but we're still cool. Right. So 
Before that, welcome, Coach yes. G. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, we have a whole hour of this, but just talk to us about, about, about Coach G, you know, your background, how you yeah. got into the whole, into this soccer game. So, um, my father, I mean, and that's honestly how most of us, you know, start. It's our family. My father grew up loving the game. He grew up on the streets of Mexico, and it's for him, it was, it was everything. So it's uh, it was escape. I mean, uh, my mom, my dad had basically nothing growing up, and um, you know, for my dad, it was his form of escape from from reality. So, you know, when I was growing up, he always wanted me to play, and I was very no, I don't want to do what you say. And then eventually, one day out of nowhere, I'm like, I want to play soccer. And I told, I went up to my dad, I'm like. Hey, dad, will you like buy me a pair of Pumas? And he's like, why do you want a pair of Pumas? He's like, because I think they're cool. It's like, you don't play soccer. And I was like, maybe if you buy me them, maybe I'll play. And then after that, it was, I couldn't stop. I'm like, I was wanted to be behind the ball every day. And it was, that's, that's how it started. So, I mean, I grew up in the uh, Plano area. I'm originally from Mexico, but um, growing up, my Family didn't have the money to play for select or anything, anything like nowadays what we, what we have now. But what we did have was, you know, the old school Mexican leagues. And that's honestly how, how I grew up. So that's, I was 13, was always physically a little taller and bigger than my peers, but I got pushed around a lot by the Mexican league. So that's, uh, that's how I, that's how I grew up. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, I mean, you talk about, you know, because I've brought that up as well, right? Um, because of the tournament, it also is an opportunity because to get these kids from the inner cities, the opportunity, because these inner cities, some of these teams, you know, got to chase them for the money. But I never, I always, I'm always patient. So how did you play any select soccer growing up? Uh, did you eventually get to that level other than playing what we call Ligas Moleras and, you know, in yeah. Spanish? Yeah. So it's, uh, I went and I tried out at a, at a couple teams and, you know, they, they were willing to offer me a contract, but it was, again, it just came down to, can you afford it? And at the end it was, the answer was no. And it's my mom felt terrible about it. And, but at the time I was like, it's okay. It doesn't matter to me. I'm like, to me, it was just, I wanted to go. I wanted to see what it was like, the experience. Um, eventually, it's, um, I had the pleasure of when I first started coaching, that's when I really realized I was like, you know what? I didn't get to experience it as a player, but I got to experience it as a coach. And it's, uh, to me, that was, that was everything. So it was kind of like a, a little fantasy, uh, and like a childhood fantasy, because I would always see everybody with, you know, their, their jackets and their backpacks. And as a kid, you know, that's, that's it. You know, it's like, oh man, that's so cool. Like you want to be, you want to have that. It's the professionalism, right? That's what you see as professionalism. And, uh, you know, I mean, all these coaches have their backgrounds and, you know, it's, um, some played in the 94 World Cup, some played here, some played there. And, you know, for me, it was the opportunity. So when I started coaching, it gave me that opportunity to be a part of it in, in some way. So for me, that was, that was, that was fulfilling. 
And it's, um, again, my mom, my dad, they worked their entire life. They gave me everything. So for me, it wasn't nothing against them. I'm like, I loved it. So, yeah. Where did that passion come from for trying to say, you know what? I want to coach. Where did that come from? Well, actually, it's um, so I was working at Blue Sky, uh, the one in Allen, actually. And it's actually funny because there is actually a, um, a, lo- a team, a club team there that would always play. And they were very high on, on skill, which uh, I thought was very interesting because all their kids were very technical. It's, uh, it's, it was known as FC Force. They would eventually, um, they disbanded. Um, the head owner was a guy named Tony Billy. He uh, believed in uh, technique above everything, and uh, which was very interesting to me. So I saw all these kids, very technical with the ball. He asked me to come along. Um, and it's funny because it was my last day at Blue Sky. And uh, I go up to him and I'm like, hey, when are you going to give me one of those shirts? And he's like, oh, you like them? I was like, oh, yeah, I think they're really cool. And he tells me, he's like, well, how about this? How about you come coach for me and I'll give you one? I told him, I was like, I'm not a coach. I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do. He's like, he's like, no, I know you'll be good because you, you're passionate. You're passionate about the game. I see how you are. So he's like, come, come out, come out and try it out. And I was like, I was a little hesitant, but I eventually took him up on his offer. And man, it was, uh, I was exposed to, uh, to my calling. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, you talk about technical. So let's back up a little bit on the, the pricing. What is your opinion? On this whole, as Manny likes to say, pay to play. Um, as now that you grew up not being able to play select because your parents couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Now you're a coach and you're part of those um, that now we're going to get into. Yeah, now that you're on the other end. Yeah. So what, what, what is now your view yeah. from that side now? Well, it's... Um, you know, it's like, yeah, I've come in one way or another. It's my, uh, my situation is now reversed because it's, uh, now I'm on the other end. I, you know, y'all said this in, in a prior podcast and it's very true. It's a business now. And that's, that's how it is. I mean, I know so many coaches that do this for a living. I do this for a living. Um, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. And I agree with it. I think that, you know, people need to put money, you know, People need to put food on the table for sure. At the same time, it's you never ignore that one kid. That's how I see it. You never ignore that one kid who can't afford it, wants it, like wants to be there. It's like, coach, can I come? It's like, yeah. I'm like, I need you here at this time. Okay, they're there. I'm like, then they're never late. They're never, you know, they never have any issues with listening. They're always focused. I'm like, that's a kid you look out for. It's like, that's the kid that you, you're like, okay, am I willing to, to not have a little bit of this for, for that person, for that player to have a, a better opportunity? For me, it's hard. Yes. It's like, of course. So you still look out for those kids. So that's how, that's how I see it. And that's how I try to go about it. So was it force you said? FC force. FC yeah. force gave you the opportunity to be that, you know, yeah. opened the door for you to be a coach. Correct. 
And FC Force, I guess, was a technical team, right? Yeah. I guess you were the guy molded into the skills, or how, how did that come about? So it's, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry. So how did, how did I get from there to? So they gave you the opportunity to coach, right? Correct. At what point did you say a ball went off? It's, well, let me teach these guys skills. Gotcha. Or how, how did that? Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, I was there for probably about a year and a half, and I really enjoyed it. It was a completely different experience, something that I hadn't been a part of before. Um, I learned a lot. I learned it was, again, it, that was where I realized this is my opportunity. I'm like, this is, uh, I remember the first time I put on that sweater and I had a badge on, on, I had a crest on my sweater. I was like, this is what I always wanted as a kid. So I remember I was, I had to go for, a, I had to go pick something up and I had to jog and I, put my chest out there and I like made sure everybody knew. And it was, it was cool for me. It was really, really cool. So I learned a lot there, but about a year and a half later, I realized that I, um, so I, I wanted to fight. I wanted to get into fighting and, um, I ended up quitting that job so I could focus on, on, on becoming a fighter. Boxing, jujitsu, Muay Thai and jujitsu. Okay. Awesome. So I got into that. A friend of mine had been talking to me from high school. And he told me, he's like, Hey, come on out. Why don't you try it out? I did. And I was always in the back of my head. My grandfather was a boxer. And because of it, I always wanted to try it out. I said, I was like, you know what? I want to give it a go. I'm like, and, and I realized I was like, man, I'm in my twenties. I'm like, I'm just turned 20. And I said, I was like, you know what? Let me go. Let me go try it out. If I suck, I suck. But at least I, at least I tried it. I'm not going to look back at I'm 80 years old and say, you know what, what if I tried it, you know? So I decided to go out and do it. And man, it's, that's where I became a man. I'm like, that's how, that's how I see it. I'm like, you know, it's, work. it is, it's a different type of work. And it was, you know, I came from a soccer background and I was like, you know, no, I, I'm going to be able to handle this. I'm like, we're hard in soccer. It's a different type of hard. So it was, it was hard. It was very hard, but I grew and I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of uh, life lessons there. And um, I eventually, I was working at a retail store, uh, actually Adidas at the Allen Outlets. And I, uh, it wasn't going well there. I didn't, I wasn't enjoying my, uh, you know, the college path. It wasn't for me. And at the end of the day, you know, my, my coach, which is actually, she was a woman and uh, she's actually telling me, she's like, you know, you don't like where you're at. Right. And she's like, no. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, I don't. And she's like, what did you enjoy? And I was like, I love coaching. And she tells me, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you go out and do it? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, I'm a woman teaching men how to fight. I'm like, do you think I knew how to do it? But I threw myself out there. I was like, do it. Go for it. So my bank account, I was living with my mom and dad at the time, but my bank account was like, I only had like $30 left in my account. And, you know, something internally happened where I think every man goes through when, you know, that you see that bank account, those numbers are going down and down and down. And something internally happens where you're like, I'm a failure. I'm a failure in life. And, you know, I didn't have responsibilities at the time, but even then I still felt it. Well, I had about maybe $20, $30 left. I went to the local home, uh, like office depot 
And I spent those $30 on, on just cards. And I said, I was like, Hey, I need business cards. I walk in and I let them know. And they're like, all right, create it and come over here and do it. Spent those $30 and I got like a hundred, uh, business cards, which looking back on it, I probably got, I just got screwed over, but, <laughs> but at the end, cheap now, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. You get, you get them real cheap. I'm yeah. like, uh, you can get like 500 for, I don't know, for what <laughs> I paid. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, now looking back, I was like, man, but it was, now it's a great story. I'm like, at least that's how I see it. Sure. It's like, you know, i spent my last money on give on, on just those cards. Started posting everywhere. And then I slowly started getting people hitting me up. And I remember the first time it was actually, uh, the first kid I ever trained was in Frisco. I drove to him, local park. I did it for an hour and I got paid. I ended up losing money on it, but to me, it was more than anything. It was like, I did this for my, I did this by myself. Nobody helped me out with it really. And it's, I felt something that I never felt before, which was, I was completely, I felt fulfilled. And it was a, a fulfillment of, I helped that kid get better. And I also made money off of it. And I was able to buy myself, I was hungry and I buy my, bought myself a sandwich with it. That was the best sandwich I had, I had <laughs> ever at that time. So it was cool. It was very awesome. cool. And that's how, that's how that started. You're checking out No Red Cards Podcast. My name is Roger Sosa. You got my man, Manny B. Make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at No Red Cards, the number 10. And also, we're going to launch uh, the YouTube uh, channel once uh, Mr. Manny B gets <laughs> off his ass. Uh, so we got the video coming, but we're sitting here, uh, sitting with uh, Coach G. Um, and, you know, just hearing that story alone, man, it's, it's a lot of us have that kind of story, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, that adversity yeah. that, um, you know, some of us literally come from parents that couldn't afford what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And some of us did have those parents that worked two jobs, mm-hmm. worked 18 hour shifts to give you what you wanted as a kid, right? Some of those parents, some of those, but it's the adversity. I think, uh, you know, that you look, look at your, your success. Let's get into the, 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 the private lessons, the, you know, that you do now, mm-hmm. uh, because that's your main focus right now, right? Uh, Partially. Yeah, actually it's, uh, now, now that I'm, you know, doing it on my own again, it's, um, uh, I'd like to, I like to dabble with everything. So okay. it's, um, you know, I have buddies that ask me to go help them out with whatever it is. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll go help them out now on the soccer aspect. It's, um, yes, that's my, that's my part of my main focus. I do have actually a little, little team that I'm working on and it's, uh, it's been going really, really well with them. So uh, that's just a little, some, that's more of the passion. Right. I'm like where I can really give everything of myself to a certain select few. And I'm like, that was always something that was, was always in the back of my head. And, but then when I, you know, had, I left my, you know, the former academy, I was like, you know what? I can do whatever I want now. Like the op- my opportunities are limitless right now. And that's how I saw it. For people that don't know who your former academy was, talk to us a little about that uh, transition from, yeah. how old were you when you first had that kid in Frisco? So I was about probably 22, 20, 20, 22. Yeah, I'd want to say, like around there. Roughly. So the 22-year-old Coach G, how did he end up with your former club academy? Forms is- Academy. 
Alpha yeah. forms. How, how did yeah. how did that transition go? How did it end up? So funny enough, it's um, like I said, I was posting everywhere, but I also applied to uh, Soccer Corner in uh, Plano, and um, I got accepted. And uh, I said to myself, I'm going to accept this job, this retail job, because I thought to myself, instead of going to, because I would drive to local, um, you know, uh, soccer fields and I'd pass out my, my cards. But I said to myself, instead of me having to go to these people, how about they all just come to me? So I accepted this job as at the retail store and I'd help people out with, you know, finding the best shoes for them. And then I'd be like, Hey, you know what? Here's a, here's one of my cards. I'm like, if you ever need help, I'm like, I'd like to help out your kid. So that was just a way for me to, you know, help myself. And that's the Mexican in you. Yeah. You got to find <laughs> that hustle, bro. You got to figure yeah, it out. Hey, man. Yeah. You got to figure it out. I respect that, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. No, you got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. No. So I was like, you know what? I mean, but that's how it is. That's how you grow up. I'm yeah. like, my dad always taught me. He's like, figure out how to do it easier and better than anybody else. Yeah. I'm like, why well, spend 10 hours doing something when you can figure it out in one hour and do it better? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have them come to me and I'm going to pass out my cards. So I was doing that. And, um, eventually it's, um, uh, the owner of forms Academy, Ron Hogsett, uh, would come in from time to time. And, uh, we had a mutual friend, um, and he, uh, he helped Ron out, helped Ron start everything. Now we, um, I used to coach with him. I'm sorry. I used to ref with him. I was a ref with him and, uh, he knew what I was doing. He had seen what I was posting and they liked it. They offered me, you know, they're like, Hey, we see what you do. We like it. We'd like to bring you on. They asked me to meet. And I, I said to myself that I wasn't going to get involved in the academy scene because I said, you know what? Everything is the same. It's the same everywhere. And we know that now it's like you go to Texans, you go to, you know, Avanti, you go to anywhere, you're going to get the same thing to a degree, right? It's like, you know, you get the politics here, you get the politics there, politics are everywhere. So I said to myself, I was like, I'm not going to join anything unless it's something special. You know, and I sat down, we talked, I talked to, I talked to them and they, you know, they gave me their vision. And I said to myself, I was like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I knew was going to be a big part in my life. Because I always told people growing up, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be great at what I do. And they're like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out one day and I'm going to be the best at it. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, it doesn't have to. I'm going to figure it out. So, you know, it, that opportunity finally came and we're right there. We're at the, we're at the dinner table. And I said, you know what? It's here. This is it. So I took it. I said yes right away. And, um, you know, we, I was there for almost six years. What, but what sold you? Cause you said special. Yeah. What sold you? Gotcha. What did Ron sell you that was different from everybody else? So I had a lot of ideas in my head on how someone should approach the game. Someone should teach and, Ron already had all this written out, but he was 10 years ahead of me. I'm like, I just had ideas, but he already had the scientific, you know, method behind everything and how the brain works and all these other things. So to me, I was like, this guy is, this guy has it all. 
This guy has it all planned out. So to me, it was, again, I saw, I had seen his kids play actually before. And it's funny because that team that I used to coach for, FC Force, one day we played against them. We played against this uh, little blue team called the Dino Scores. And, you know, we show up and my kids were, they were 11s at the time. They were, 11s were probably three years old, four years old at the time. So it was crazy. It's crazy now to think about it that way. I'm like, and they were good. They weren't bad. I mean, they knew, they knew how to, they, were, they weren't bad for three, four-year-olds. And we played against his team. And he had this one little number 10 on his team. And I'm like, he gets the ball. He drills past these kids, my kids, who are pretty good. Or I thought they were pretty good. And he scores. And I was like, oh, well, that was lucky. I was like, okay, that's good. And then he did it again. And then he did it again. And then he did it another 10, 15 times in the game. And I was like, I was very humble. I was, uh, I was, I was, uh, it was a very humbling experience. And then afterwards, I go up to him and I tell him, I was like, you know, your son is, is really, really good. His son being Hudson Hawk said, yeah. So it was, he was very impressive. It was very impressive to see because of the way that he manipulated the ball, the way that he cared for the ball. It wasn't, I, I knew, I was like, this isn't normal. This isn't average and it's not common. So for me, I had already known what, they, what he could do. And I had, he had come in a couple of times and he was two years older at the time. He had, uh, he had grown and he was better, you know? So for me, I saw the flare, I saw the skill and it called out to me. I was like, it was, uh, it attracted me and I knew I'm like, that's special. So for me, it was after I heard everything and all the science behind everything. And one of the first things that Ron told me when we sat down is he's trying to explain everything. And he tells me, he asked me, he's like, do you do any, any form of like fighting or anything? Or he's like, do you know, do you know what jujitsu is? Is actually what he said. And I was like, I do MMA. And then he's like, oh, well, this is, this is my approach to it. And then he explains everything. And I'm like, I'm very, rela- I'm, I'm very spiritual. I believe in God. I believe in God. And I believe he's, he, puts, he, puts you, uh, uh, he brings those people at the right time. And I realized, I was like, he's putting me on this path. So I was like, yes, I'm in. I'm 100% in. So it was... Uh, I didn't look back. You said there was a science behind it. That whole forms skill technique. Where did that come from? Uh, where did the science come from? Or uh, was that was that part of the science that he was like thinking, so, or just science is growing the club? So the science came of how 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 we learn. You know okay. how uh, how do children or how to just humans? How do we learn? How do we grow? And how the brain works. So, I mean, he's, uh, he's very, very smart. Very, very smart guy. I'm like one of the smartest men I've, I've ever met in my life. And it's, um, I quickly realized that and I realized how stupid I thought I was. <laughs> Cause I was like, immediately I started thinking to myself, I was like, all right, he's really, really smart. Don't say something stupid. Don't say something stupid. And then I'd say something stupid. And I was like, 
Ah, oh, damn it. I just said something. <laughs> so I was always, I, I was, I was very, I was really just cautious about what I said in front of him because I didn't want him to think I was dumb. I, I really admired him. I looked up to him because of just all his research. I mean, he definitely put in a tremendous amount of time behind all of this. And it's, uh, I felt very, very fortunate and very blessed to be, to be a part of it. I was like, dude, I'm, I know I'm coaching these kids and these kids are getting a lot of it, but I'm in the best freaking spot. I'm like, I get to be right here growing with them. So yes, the science behind it was just all the research that he had done to, um, to really give the most of these kids and to really develop them as, as much as possible. I remember I have a 2015, the first time we, he played with Sting when he first started soccer mm-hmm. and Alpha was on the other side. And I remember when I watched a couple of times and it was like an assembly line to me, right? That's just my, what I saw, right? It was just one kid, you're going and you're doing your scissor or whatever it is. And, and it's just repetition, right? And I said, shit, that's pretty fucking genius because in boxing or jujitsu, they throw they teach you to throw a jab and it's that left jab over and over and over until you get it. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the ring, you're, that's just, that's just part of your, you know, you have to throw that jab to get your point away. And I said, that's that's brilliant, right? That's that's what you should be doing to teach a kid, you know, one v one drill, right? But then there's um, other drills in soccer that you know you need, kids need to learn to as well, right? Correct. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's that's really cool. So how did how did all that morph together? You know, together? it's uh, it's you know, like you mentioned it, repetition. I mean, repetition is everything. So it's um, you know. You, I would see all these, all these people get there. Again, you mentioned it. It's the Hispanic side out of you too. Mm-hmm. It's like, for me, it's, you got to grind, but you got to work. So when I was doing my sessions, I was like, all right, go, go take like a little five, 10 second break and let's come back. Let's come back. And then the kid is exhausted. Right. But at the end, it's like, I'm like, I was very in my head. I'm like, I have to do the best job. And I'm like, I have to get as much out of this kid as I can in this hour. So it's let's get as many reps as we can. Ron knew that repetition was the key. And even more so when you're younger. When you're younger, that's that's the time to hit it. Because the younger you are, the faster you're going to learn. I mean, we, we learn languages a lot easier when we're younger. We learn everything when we're younger so much easier. So for him, it was, let's, let's get in line. Let's make sure that we... We hit as much rep- a repetition as possible and let's get the most out of it. So, I mean, yeah, it's like you said, you do it in everything except for at the time it wasn't in soccer for whatever reason. It's like no one had ever thought about it or mixing it together, whatever, whatever it may have been. But now it's, um, I think the game has definitely changed in the last, I feel like in the last, what, six, seven years, Dallas soccer has really changed. You see kids put on a lot more emphasis on ability, on skill, on technique. And it's, uh, you know, skills trainers are everywhere now. Five, ten years, uh, five, six, ten years ago, you know, one every now and then. And even then it wasn't looked at the same way. It's like, well, you're kind of just messing around. Now it's, there's an art form to it. That's how I see it. But there, there's not, there is a lot, but how many of them really are the instructors? You know, yeah. uh, that are really have the passionate like you, your vision. 
You know, there's guys, it's a business, right? To some guys, 100%. it's a business. Yeah. But to somebody like you that you're training, you want them when they go out there and play, you want his teammates, parents to say, where are you taking him? He's getting better week after week after week because that's your business. That's your reputation. Correct. Some I've heard horrible stories about other instructors. I'm like, man, we go I'm like, that's all he does for you. Like, yeah, it just goes and, you know, teaches and hit the ball and spot touching the ball. Right. Yes. But no, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's about doing different things. Correct. You know, so it's just what you're doing, what Ron, you know, created, you know, that guy caught my attention when first time I ever saw one of his teams plays, he was, uh, he was losing pretty bad. But you know what? He never gave up on his philosophy. Yeah. Play from the back. Mm-hmm. Do keep doing the touches. What we coach. Other coaches start playing kickball. Correct. They got to get it in the net. It's about winning. Ron has never been about that. It's about, you know, play. Yeah. And I saw it with my own eyes. I'm like, man, this guy right here. And at halftime, he told his kids, we're going to continue playing what I'm teaching you. What we work mm-hmm. every day at practice. A lot of coaches out there, like I said, they just start getting those bigger kids, bam, from halfway because the other team has a little bitty goalie. They, and that's where they lose yeah. the whole respect of the game, integrity yeah. of the game, right? Yeah, they preach a philosophy. And then when it's, you know, when the heat is on, they're quickly ready to, to throw it away. And yep. they're really, I mean, that's, I mean, to me, it's how can you be, how could you have your kid around that? Because it's, those are your morals. Those are your values. I'm like, I always tell people when people come to me and ask me, they're like, where should I go for my kid? Because I get that question all the time now. I'm like, and I tell them now, ask them what, the, what their philosophy is. I'm like, if they don't have a philosophy, don't go there, period. It's like, they need to have a philosophy. Ask them, where do I see, where do, where do you see my son or my daughter in a year from now, six months from now? What is your approach? What do you see from them right now that you need to fix in a week from now, two weeks, three weeks, short-term, mid-term, long-term? What's, what's the objective? What is your ultimate goal? I'm like, and if he can't answer you in a week, then that's probably not the best place to go. Do you think um, that philosophy hurt Alpha? Um, in terms as when these kids get older? You know, so I, now that I'm out, I've realized, and I, ask, I have to ask myself, am I, do I believe in this 100% or do I... Uh, was it just what I was told to do for so long? And I've, I've realized, you know, there's a lot of things that I, um, for example, there's a lot of things that I want to do. And then there's other things that I want to, I want to, I want to change up a little bit. I'm like very, very little things for the majority of it. I'm, I'm a big believer in the philosophy. The philosophy to me is it's perfect for the, for the, for, for this age, Till this age, it's perfect. Now, let's say you said like the olders. I'm a big believer that if Alpha never lost any of their players, we would never. They would never lose a game. Alpha would have never lost the game if those kids never lost. We had an incredible 2011 team. I mean, it was insane to watch. Every every player on that team was a superstar, and they would eventually leave, and they would play for Texans, FC Dallas. You know, you name it. And they were the best kid on that team. 
why do you think they leave? Uh, because and that's a great question. That's what I was going to. Why, why would they leave? Because my what I see a lot. You guys were winning, mm-hmm. and, and I remember that team. Yeah, you guys were winning, killing it, killing everybody. So why did the parents decide? Because a lot of these parents go, they chase trophies. Yeah, they want their kids to go to winning teams, win, 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 win. So. Back to his question, yeah. why did that team break up? I think there's multiple multiple reasons for it. I mean, and the 11s were only just one team. There's been the 12s, the 12G. Uh, we had an incredible 12 girls team, but the parents were terrible. And I know maybe one or two are going to be listening to it, and great, because I'm like, they were terrible. I'm like, toxic, incredibly toxic. Now, the 11s were a little different. Because you're right, they chase trophies. We all do. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I. I'm like. I want to win. I definitely want to win. I'm like Ron wants to win. We all want to win. I'm like we. Uh, you know, a buddy of mine says it best. You know, he was confronted by a parent, and this is at Alpha. It's like, well, I feel like you're just you're you're coaching to win. He's like, well, for sure, I'm not coaching to fucking lose and i'm like <laughs> true, yeah. i'm like damn bro you you said it best right. <laughs> i'm like hey you're not wrong i am not coaching to lose I'm like hey maybe i'm not coaching to win every game and and sacrifice my de- the development of these players but i'm not trying to fucking lose that's for sure i'm not doing that um now again th- those 11s you're right parents and even coaches we chase trophies but what they even chase even more is they want that spotlight and they want their kid. And hey, everybody in North Texas was saying, it's like, why are you going to be, why are you going to be there? Why do you stay there? Why don't you, you're just one out of, out of, out of seven or eight or whatever, nine. Why don't you come over here and be the one? Be the guy. Don't be a part of it. Be the guy. And ego. I mean, honestly, it's, uh, it's sad and it sucks to say that, but it's like, to me, that's like so many things happen just because the parents, you know, they don't have, they're not educated enough to see the, what, what's more important. And they want, you know, I told Ron several, like probably about maybe two years ago that it's like, you know, it's just like we get a dopamine rush on, on seeing our kids succeed. The parents do. And man, when those other parents are like, dude, your kid is, is killing it right now. They, they want it. They want it more and they want it more. And they're really willing to feed more and more and more. And when they don't get it, I mean, they, they become nasty. So it's, uh, that 11 team was very, very special. And it's, uh, you know, sadly, it, we never got to see what it would have looked like on an 11 v 11 team. We got to see it slightly on a 9v9 squad and it was very very impressive they were very very impressive i always ask myself when i see forms play i was like do they i always it's just my question right yeah is alpha developing futsal players or soccer players right because you could put these kids on a 3v3 field on a futsal court and they'll just dominate mm-hmm. right because of their skills it's just it's incredible to watch but then you put them on the 7v7, 9v9, 11v11, and mm-hmm. you have, you know, you're right back taking the ball all the way up to the goal. And it's like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You, know, you got, you know, four other, five other kids, right? Players right there you could just push the ball up yeah, to. For sure. Why? 
why 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 didn't that change so it's uh it's a, there's a progression system to it now you know and i even heard in an earlier podcast something like this being mentioned and i was like you know what i want to make sure i attack that because if you see the top the top teams you go see our top 12s our top 13s our top you know most of the top teams you you see that for sure but what you also see is boom 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 they move the ball very very well now the the club grew the club grew and and it grew tremendously in a very very short amount of time what happens is we get a lot of new kids and then the new kids are out there and then they're like see that doesn't work no 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 that kid just joined but how are we going to tell them that i'm like the kid just joined it's like we're not going to say that I'm like, how we can't do that. They put on the uniform and they have to start from the very beginning. You know, the kids that I was coaching, you know, five years ago right now, they're, they're incredible. I'm like, one came back from, he's playing an age group above where he's a 14 playing an age group above and he, he's holding his own against European 13s and he's doing a very, very good job. And I mean, he moves the ball. And I told his dad, I was like, you know what? Your son is, he's great. He's, he's so smart. And uh, his, name is, his name is Eli, which I'm sure some people listening to this will already know. And I told him, I'm like, Eli is very, very special, Desi. And I told him that. I was just like, he's playing an A troop above and he's holding down the middle. Now, at the time, he was playing on a third team or second team. Uh, but still, he's playing 77, checking back, receiving the ball distributing out of the back, playing it back, playing it forward, playing it to the sides. He's controlling the game. And I'm like, but that was a kid that we put in time in four or five years and at a very, very early age. So no, you don't get to the kid that joins in at 10 and he's been doing it for a year. He's going to have to start where Eli started several years before. I'm like, you don't, you can't skip those steps because I know even, even Juan mentioned it. He's just like, you know what? You have to you have to make sure that these kids come in and you know they get technically sound and it's true you can't if the way that alpha asks you to play requires a tremendous amount of ability on the ball from every position on the field even as a goalkeeper so you can't ask them to not have that ability because if they don't what are they going to do they're going to they're going to kick the ball and I'm like and it's it's if we want to pass the ball you got to know how to receive the ball. You have to be able, you have to know how to take the ball out of the back and have that confidence. There's a progression system to it. And I know it's 4v4, 3v3, 5v5. We look very, very good and we're dominating. That first year, the first few months of 7v7 is, is difficult. But so is the first few months of 4v4 dribbling out of the back because those babies are losing it. But nobody says anything because they're babies. I'm like, they, they're like, oh, well, Good that he's trying. But then when he gets to 77, it's like, see, they lose it. I'm like, it's all perspective. I'm like, no, 77, we're trying something. That last year, those last few months of 77, they look very special. And like those last few months of 9v9, they look very special. But it takes, it takes time. I heard you talking now, and I hear the passion in your voice, the passion you had at being at Alpha. So why, why did you leave? So it's, you know, it became a business, which it was always meant to be. And it's, um, it's a good thing, right? Uh, but I quickly found myself working from 
you know, 8 a.m. till sometimes 9 p.m. I'm like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You know, and you have all these games. And I worked every day. I worked Monday through Sunday. I never had a day off. Is it the school? The school too. The school too. But I mean, that's it's- credit. Um, Sorry, it's a couple of questions. Is that yeah, school no, no. credited? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so it's, you know, the kids go from 8 a.m. They roughly get their 8 a.m. We start training around roughly 8, 8.15, 8.30. And then they go until, they train until 10 or so. And then they do their school. They do their homeschool. And um, they have lunch. They they do their thing. They get a little bit of time to themselves, and then they get uh, back to school, and then they train a little more. But even even before, I was already I was already working from Monday through Monday through Sunday. It's uh, even early days, basically. So I quickly realized that this isn't gonna stop, and I realized you know what I want a family one day. I had. I had a relationship and it didn't end up working out. And one of the last things was, you know what? I want time, but it's never going to happen here. And at the time I was a little younger, you know, a little more immature, a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, and you know, I'm effing up left and right too. (laughs) But, um, I realized when that relationship ended a few months after I was also buying a house, I had a big, big year last year. It was a very, very big growing year of growth. And I realized I'm like, I just bought this house. I'm never home. I'm like, I, I'm teaching jiu-jitsu at this point and uh, I'm teaching at 6 a.m. So it's, uh, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm having to wake up at 5.30 to make it to 6. And, you know, the pro team started being a thing. And then I was out there from pro team started at 9.00. Out pro alpha team? Yes, okay. the, the racing Dallas team. So we were there at nine till sometimes 11, uh, 11.30. And I'm like, dude, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, I didn't, you know, the grind, you know, the grind is real, right? But at the end of the day, you also have to be smart and say, you know what, I need a little time to myself. And I, I try to voice my concerns a little bit. And, you know, there's a couple other things that, you know, when does this, when does this even slow down or keep, you know, it's like, we're feeding this and feeding this and feeding this. And then I realized, I was like, you know what? It doesn't. So another thing was, you know, you give everything to, at least I did. I'm like, you give everything to these parents and these kids. And it's like, you know what? I know, I know she's calling me, but I'm going to put this, I'm going to decline this because this is important. And then all of a sudden come signing day, it's, they leave you. And now who looks like a fool? Because now the people that you've given all this to, they're not there. And that person isn't there either. So I think to myself, I was like, you know, family is number one. I'm like, the people that you consider your family that are going to be there for, you know, that you want there to be there today, tomorrow, the next day, that's the number one thing. You can't sacrifice that. So now that's my rule. I'm like, you know what? Work is very important. Your passion is very important, but this is more important because that's what's going to fuel this. So again, it was, it was multiple things, to be honest with you. It wasn't just one. And, um, you know, I had this conversation with Ron and he was just like, well, what's bothering you? I was just like, and I gave him a lot of things. And at the time he didn't really understand, well, you say this, but, but this and this and this, it was honestly several things over the, the course of the time that I was there. And then it all kind of just 
hit all at once. So yeah, it was multiple things. You're checking out No Red Cards Podcast with our guest, uh, Coach G. Make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at No Red Cards number 10. Also, shoot us an email, you know, questions, coaches. I mean, we do have quite a bit of coaches hitting us up. You know, uh, people want to be guests. You know, you can send us an email, No Red Cards Podcast at Gmail. Uh, So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, in doing some some digging, you know, there there was no, got to ask the question, right? We always got to ask the question, you know, no, no bad beef with you and Ron. Nothing, you know, got to that point to where, you know, my man, Coach G, wanted to bring out that jujitsu on, <laughs> on Ron type of stuff. Uh, you know, because I, I got to ask the question yeah. because you, yeah. North Texas kind of likes to talk, you know, and, you know, when he told me we we're going to have you as a guest, I'm like, all right, cool. Let me, yeah. you know, let me ask questions yeah. and yeah. You, know, you get different things. I heard him and Ron, you know. Fell off. And again, it, it, this is, you don't have to answer the question, but no, no, it, no. It, it's a question. Well, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not on speaking terms. Okay. That's for sure. Okay. It's, um, there is, um, there's definitely a fallout. There is definitely that just, uh, and a lot of it also has to do because, you know, there's ego. There's a lot of ego there. And I mean, there's ego here, here too. I'm like, I think that if you are, you know, you had Kevin here. Kevin has an ego. I'm no. like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, I think that honestly, it's, you mentioned it. It's, if you're a coach here and if you want to go and you want to be great, if you want to be great at anything, you have to have an ego. Right. And Ron wants to be great. And it's, um, there's, there's, there's definitely ego there and there's definitely ego here. So it's, uh, to me, it was, um, you know, there was a part of me that I said, I can do this better. And I, and I'm, I'm going to do this better. And there's a bit of a, you know, it's like, well, sorry to hear that. And it's just like, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, like I said, I have, uh, I have this, uh, my project, which is my, uh, I have a 2016 boys team and I have a 2016 girls team. Uh, the boys are, I created it because of my nephew. So I started training him when he was just turned four. And he's been putting in the work and he's uh, very, very special. Um, he puts in the work day after day and uh, he's been really, uh, he plays against 15s and does well against 15s. And now I have a squad of 2016 girls that do very, very well. I'm like, they all have uh, potential, a tremendous amount of potential. So I'm sure you'll see us. The goal is to, to go out and win everything. So it's uh, like I said, so uh, you'll see us at next gen, I'm assuming one day <laughs> you'll see it right now. We're four V four, but the goal is to be seven V seven. The goal is to be nine V nine and win everything. I'm like, you, you spent so much time with Alpha and you learned a lot of things along the way. Now that you've got your teams, what do you say? You know what? I learned this, but I'm not going to do this. What have you learned? And what? Yeah. How, how, how yeah. You- so uh, my approach to it is, um, and this is, this is funny because, you know, people ask me, they're like, this isn't the first time I've asked, I was asked this. And more people want to talk to me now because I was there and I was there for so long. And when I left, boom, my phone didn't go, didn't stop going off for three weeks. I got offers left and right, Texans, Renegades, a little bit of FC Dallas here and there, everywhere. But at the end, it's, uh, I was very adamant that, no, 
I, I came to do my own thing. I already, I spent, you know, five, six years creating something that I thought was mine. But then I realized it's not mine. It's not. At the end of the day, it's not. So that's fine. But it's time to go off and do my own thing. It's time to create and leave my legacy. And it's uh, do something that I'm 100% proud of. And don't get me wrong. Alpha is, is great. And I look, I look back on it and it's, it, it still hurts actually uh, knowing that I'm not there to a, to a degree because I was there. It was a big chapter in my life. I'm like, I, the day that I, I resigned, I went and the first thing I did was I went, I hung out with friends, did a little jujitsu. And then I spent the next two, three days with my mom and dad. And I cried a little bit here and there. I'm like, I was very, very emotional, but it was, it meant a lot. Um, now the things about the new venture, you know, I believe in 100% freedom. It's, um, which is funny because that's what the original philosophy was, but it kind of started getting, in my opinion, it started getting a little diluted or it started getting a kind of a, we fell into a pattern and that's how I felt like I felt that we sort of fell into a pattern. Um, like, and now to me, the way that I approach it is complete 100% freedom. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, I have a little number 10. She's a girl. She's brilliant. And she sees passes left and right. And before I would have said, Hey, I don't need you to do that. But I think that's because I got into too caught up into what, we don't do this, not yet, to, you know what? She's expressing herself in a completely different way. So I'm allow her to express herself now. I'm like, the way I see it is, and there was a bit of a hesitation there at first, but that first game, that second game, third game, I was like, no, she sees it. It's important that she sees it. Again, if the ultimate goal is to play 7v7 and 9v9 and pin the ball around, why shouldn't she do it? I'm like, so I'm like, you know what? 100% freedom now. Is that the best option there? No, maybe this is. Maybe playing it small, playing it short. Maybe dribbling is the best option here. But letting her know and allowing her, give her the steps to succeed as much as possible. But again, I come from the streets. The streets are, it's freedom. My ultimate goal is to one day create the next Ronaldinho. I'm like, some say that it's impossible. But you know what? Why not? Why not shoot that high? I'm like, but that requires freedom. So Ronaldinho is pure freedom. And it's not, it's not impossible. I mean, how do these boxers become great? How do these fighters become Correct. great? Because of their coaching. Correct. You know, the, not just the coaching, the development, the IQ, all that stuff. Be smart, right? So in what you're saying, I'm all 100% about it. You know, just the passion that you have and just what you've done, what you've taken and you know, cause I'm in the same way. It's like, yeah. I got to do it. You see the details, you see the small stuff, yeah. you got to tune it. You got to, you know, go with it. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, much respects on that, man, because a lot of people are afraid to do that. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid we get comfortable Oh yeah, and we stay there stagnant. Yeah. That's just, some of us just have more DNA to where now we got to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, because you start getting bored. You want to do, like you said, freedom, you know, and I've never heard it the way you just said it, you know, but I mean, I just, I'm. Yeah. And I think that's what I was really, you know, impressed to as well is because it's like, 
the club grew, it grew. They had one vision, right? It's like, well, you know what? Now I see these kids that I'm teaching now and she's seeing these options, right? right. So shit, man, I, I didn't see that vision because I was so caught up in what we thought the vision was, mm-hmm. right? And maybe that vision is, is still good for, Correct. for for one club, right? And, and it's not because they bring in a lot of people, right? And right. and and that's good. But, you know, you as a coach, and that's why I really enjoy that we do this, is you learn something there. It's like, you know, you adjust it and you learn. So, yeah. you know what, that, that, that's not working for, for me as a coach anymore. You know, I think I need to have my kid have freedom. And if their Correct. choice is to pass it over, hey, they have a vision, they did it. Correct. Know? Again, it's what's your philosophy? And mine is to allow my players to play with, a, with as much freedom as possible. Eventually, you have to teach them structure. And that's, that's the ultimate, uh, you know, if you're, I had a coach that told me, if you preach freedom, you, you don't have structure. But I'm like, no, you can't. You can mix them in. It's very difficult, but you can do it. So I just want to back up a little bit. Your nephew, mm-hmm. to the parents listening. And to the coaches that also have sons yeah. that are special as well. Yeah. What are you going to tell the parents of your nephew now that you're on that end too? When all these, like Kevin said, all these other clubs start selling the dream mm-hmm. to your nephew. What is, what is the advice there? Yeah. You know, so it's, um, I actually have a parent on my girls team that is, he's, I used to coach at FC Force. He had a uh, 2004. Now he has it, and he also had a 2010 daughter that plays at FC Dallas ECNL. So he went through that, that. He went through everything, and now he's seeing his youngest daughter have the most potential out of all of them because now I, he, she has me, and I'm giving her the attention. I'm giving her all these things, and he's got all these experiences, and he sees what not to do. I'm like, for me, my biggest thing is development is number one. I'm like, if your kid is not playing in games and you're willing to sacrifice his game time just to make sure that he's playing on the top team, you're selling yourself. You're selling yourself a lie. I'm like, have your kid play and put him in a situation where he is developing in every aspect of the game. So if you're not developing, if you're not getting better, if, you're, if, if you don't see significant differences in three months, six months, a year, two years, you, you need to change it up because your kid is, is not developing. So my, my suggestion is don't, don't drink that Kool-Aid. Like don't, don't go with what they're selling you because they're going to sell you things here. They're going to sell you things over here. I'm like, avoid that, avoid that crap. All right. Tell us a little bit before we get out of here, you know, um, what you're currently, I know you talked about your teams, but as far as where people can find you, what, what is out there for them? Um, as far as training and all that good stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm training in the Allen area. Uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, I'm training in Carrollton at uh, American Indoor. I have uh, my partner out there, uh, Jonathan Johnson. We paired up. He's a former Olympic athlete, All-American, uh, incredible, incredible track athlete. And he teaches very, very impressive things. So he's got an excellent team out there and we... We're teaming up. We have a um, we have a summer camp. We have two three week program, um, and you can uh, find all of this out at my Instagram page. It's uh, Shape the Game or STG Coach G, and uh, I have them on Facebook. And we also have our our pages up. So Shape the Game 
uh, com. Awesome. Appreciate it, coach. Yeah. Yep. Well, that wraps it up. You know, no red cards podcast. Uh, like always, man, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at no red cards, the number 10, uh, shoot us an email, no red cards podcast at gmail.com and, uh, look for the YouTube here, uh, here shortly. Uh, as soon as we yeah. uh, get my man, uh, Manny off his ass, uh, I'm going to stay on him, you know, putting that fire on his ass, but I appreciate it. Coach yeah. G it's a, you know, it's always, you know, of our fifth episode and hearing your perspective. And we talked about it before we went on air, how you said you see everybody's views. You've heard the other podcasts and you've heard of all these coaches. You may not know them personally, but you've heard of them, but it's like the same thing. There's a lot of coaches that didn't like Kevin, but now they call me. They're like, dude, nothing but respect for that guy. Mm-hmm. Hate him on the pitch, but respect his grind. You know, right. same thing. You know, you, you described your grind, what you've gone through, what you went through as a kid. And now look at you because I always say it's because of that adversity, man. Right. Uh, we get told we can't do it. And uh, we find something that we really want to do. And we continue to go after it, man. And, yeah. and, and that's nothing but respect, man. And, uh, before when he told me just last week we're gonna have you on the show you know it's like i don't know who this guy is but now i know who you are and what you have to offer and definitely something that you know we got to talk yeah after the show right you know so it's 100%. just uh, you know thank you for coming by and you know we, you know manny you know bring you know inviting you on because his last guest canceled on us last minute and you know <laughs> You know, we, yeah, 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 you know, so, you know, two weeks ago, but appreciate the time uh, sure. coming out here and uh, any last things you want to say, man? Well, thanks for inviting me. Actually, I have a little gift for y'all. Um, hey, I, look at that. I brought y'all. Dope. See, see, man. see, see. This is the first coach has ever brought us yeah. something that we can put here on the podcast. And now we gave him as a water, bro. My kid gave me hot water, too. I didn't know y'all sizes, so I just got a large. I'm like, it's. Uh, man, he's a large, bro. Extra large, bro. There to be great. Well, it's also bigger. It's also bigger. Oh, that's awesome, man. There to be great. Bro, it's your awesome, man. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you guys. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for inviting me. This is No Red Cars Podcast number five. Thank you guys. Download it, share it, listen to it on repeat. Thank you guys. We'll see you guys next time.